Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelorette. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we're talking spoilers, news, and gossip, insider info, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it batch. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this new episode of Throw It Batch. We had some real talk this week, real feelings. We got to know these men. We got to know Taisha, And we also got to really talk about the outside world, which I loved so much. It's something that Bachelor Nation has been missing tremendously. And I also think that many relationships could have been saved or never have happened if they would have had these conversations on the show. Um, What did you guys think just about how they incorporated BLM and people's pasts and really getting into their persona? It was so refreshing and just so awesome to see. I hope that this is a trend that continues. Whoever ABC has been hiring is doing a great job because I know these aren't the people that were on the (laughs) that were employed before because they never would touch on any serious issues. I mean, but then again, after what we've seen in the world, they would be completely stupid not to. You have to keep up with the times and what, and the, you have to evolve, you have to evolve with the rest of the world. And they haven't been, and they've been so lucky that their fans have been so um, forgiving. The Bachelor and Bachelorette is kind of like a Disney world like you're not going to expect certain things from it Mm -hmm. but now we can and I'm so proud of them it's about damn time and I want to see more I'm not I'm not done I want more from Tisha so yes me too well let's get into the episode um it's first of all it's so funny to me I really thought that they were going to be bringing Disney World essentially to La Quinta So they were going to be bringing all the tricks, all the stops, boom, boom, boom. And it's literally, it's like Camp Bachelorette. (laughs) Yes, you said that in our text. In our text. You were so right. It's ridiculous. Okay, so they're doing a group date. And again, what's with all the group dates? Where are the single dates? Why are the single dates one-on-ones? We've only seen one with Tasha, or I'm sorry, with Ivan. But it's still, he got the group rose, so he moves on. Like, usually one-on-one dates have the whole enchilada like you have the whole day and night with them and it's this huge thing um so the group date was a song writing singing contest um everyone writes a song and zach does you know pretty well he gets down on a knee i think like foreshadowing and i could just see it not going very well though at the end when he does this did you guys feel like a little foreshadowing here yeah, I did. Yeah. But I just want to give a moment of silence to Jed Wyatt, who yeah. <laughs> is tossing and turning in his bed right Ox. now. <laughs> I know. Like, there was it, um, I think maybe we reposted it on our account, but it was a bunch of contestants, including Jed, that were like, we just came on to, like, become famous. And then it's like, and then we won. And, there, <laughs> and it was like, Jed and Cassie. Um, yes and Maddie and Dale yeah oh my god 
so Kenny can't sing for shit. Boy band manager. Um, just, you know, really bad. Uh, Blake. Okay. What is that? I wanted to call it, I know it's a, not a harmonico. I accordion. Accordion. It's an accordion. Like Steve. That was so treacherous. <laughs> it's funny that you said harmonica because if Blake was an instrument, he would definitely be an accordion harmonica a banjo or a, a banjo yeah there was a was was that a little banjo or what was that his little guitar he broke the ukulele or oh, banjo. Was it, it would no, no it, it was, was a ukulele yeah yes ukulele riley basically is like fuck this i'm just going to do spoken word and you know he does it does it well ivan kills it he shines in this date gets out of his comfort zone and like he's so i don't know if the, it's not empathetic but like he is empathetic, but it's also, he wants a connection. Like he asks her to come on stage with him, you know, so he can really feel it. Like he, the way his entire persona has changed since Tasha's gotten there, I really think just proves what a bad bachelorette Claire was, to be honest with you. <laughs> because Tasha makes everybody feel seen and makes them feel like she will, is open and willing to like hear about them. Do you know what I mean? Well- She's definitely more his type. That's for sure. And he just seems like such a sentimental person. And Tasha's like really letting him live that side of him as we, you know, see as this date continues. Um, shout out to Damar with Mocha Latte. He tried really hard. Uh, but- I thought it was great. I, I, I think it was great too. I think if he had more time, he really would have had a hit. I mean- isn't there any guy in this cast that could maybe sing like even just like a little they chose every single guy who had no musical talent or ever wanted to have musical talent in this day there was guys that were so pissed that they weren't part of this one that's true because they were like i really wanted to be part. yeah interesting that's a very good point um, so she chooses Ivan when probably Damar should have won, you know, it, it was very close, but she wanted to spend more time with Ivan, which I love and I respect. And so now I just, I love the, um, casualness of this whole thing. Like come to my, come to my casita, like come to El Presidente, but Claire and Dale have literally tainted that whole entire home for me. I'm just like, did they do a deep clean? It's all I keep on thinking about. Like they were touching each other all over that place. And now Tasha's in the same place. And I'm just like, it's just leftovers. It's dirty, dirty leftovers. Um, so Ivan, and it, it's a, I loved this date, but it also disappointed me in some ways because first of all, like my mom is a bachelor watcher since season one. And she's like, this is bullshit. We're playing Twister. Like we're, what is this lava? What, you know, what's happening? Like, where's all the exciting things? And I agree, I get it. But I also felt like this date was so refreshing because they were just learning about each other and they were both down. They were both down to have a good time. What did you guys think about just like the casualness and the jumping around, twister, just getting to know one another? I think it's really interesting that People feel like Tasha has been robbed in so many ways of a true bachelorette season because she had to come in sort of in the middle and during quarantine where they can't travel and everything. But I actually feel like this date is a sign that she's actually getting the most of it because I can't tell you how many bachelor or bachelorette contestants 
wished they could have had dates like that. I feel like that's where you truly get to understand and get to know somebody and they have the most quality time. I would have given anything to have a date night like that, even like right now without the cameras or anything. I thought that it was such a nice, refreshing date, but you can definitely tell that the producers are like coming to the end of their creative ideas for how to make La Quinta seem fun and exciting. I know La Quinta is meant for like a nice weekend away to do nothing. It's not meant to like go on an adventure. Um, so they have so much fun. They're laughing together. Do you guys feel as though there was chemistry, sexual chemistry between them? I, I think I need to see more of them. Um, I definitely get like friend vibes, feeling comfortable, um, letting each other in, being vulnerable with each other. Does that translate to like romance sexual? I don't totally know yet, which makes me kind of sad. What do you guys think? I think they're a really great example of soulmate energy. People often, when they think soulmates, always think that that means end game, the one you're going to be with forever. Nor twin flame or soulmate mean that. That just means that these are people that are meant to be in your life. It's very kismet energy. Something about the two of them together is so like part of the divine plan, I feel. And it made me emotional. It was really, really, really sweet seeing them connect with one another. But like you said, I don't, like one second I'm like, oh my God, they're going to be husband and wife. And then the next second I'm like, actually, maybe not. Cause, and I think you put the nail on the head, hit the nail on the head. Gosh, I'm so Teresa Judai sometimes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's probably what was lacking. Like the sexual, like I want to rip your clothes off energy. Yeah. I'm not sure how good of a kisser Ivan is. I really feel like Tasha. I'm like reading her mind thinking like, can someone just like teach him a little like, really? they really like, I, yeah, I just don't feel like their kissing styles really match. Um, but and Ben are more like, yes, yes. Tonsil, tonsil same, hockey. same with yeah. Zach. Um, I think yes, she likes too. Zach's kiss. There's like a very like intense sexual, like I'm going to eat you energy. But with <laughs> Ivan, they basically, you know, they really start to get to real talk. And like we said, they talk about BLM, Black Lives Matter. He even says George Floyd by name, which I so loved and appreciated because I feel like sometimes if the if the show has to involve politics or anything like that, they speak of it in a very broad sense. They don't say names. They don't say specific instances. It's just like, oh, that stuff that happened. And or the month, that would just be like the things that occurred in March or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there's so much going on. But no, you know, he talked about it. Ivan talked about, they talked about their family. And Ivan's younger brother, who's very close to his age, just about a year and a half, he said he went to prison, he got into drugs, and he had a girlfriend and had a, that had a daughter um, that was his daughter before he went in. And, you know, Ivan, and Ivan, like, wasn't, women apologize so much about crying. Tasha did it tonight. Um, I'm so, And I do it, too. Ivan cried, and he did not say sorry. He was proudly shedding tears, and I just thought it was so beautiful, and, like, that's a man. A man isn't, like, the whole, like, 
you know, who's the grown ass man last week? That's not a man. That's just bullshit. A man is somebody that can talk about their feelings that can also be there for you and quote unquote protect you, but also let you protect them and just like be all encompassing. And I just think he brought something out of Tasha that she has been suppressing for so long, which really took her by surprise. It took all of us by surprise. Um, you know, Orange County is definitely not my favorite favorite place in the world. That's where Tasha's from. It's a lot of really shitty people over there. I'll just say mm-hmm. that much. And it's not, yeah. not diverse, like, at all. And the people that are of color in Orange County, they act like they're white. That's what they do. It's just like, and Rachel Lindsay commented on it on a couple of podcasts this week, like, when Tasha said that um, she felt like she just kind of made herself be like everyone else to fit in. Rachel said something like, so, you know, she was basically saying that she was trying to be more white to blend in. And I think that she doesn't typically date black men um, or men of color, like just from what we've seen on the show, at least, and even her ex-husband. And I think that Ivan is something like so amazing and beautiful that can help her like stand up and be proud of who she is. What did you guys think about what he brought out in Tasha? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in the astrology section, but I do feel that he brought out something that was way more guarded within her. And I don't think Tasha knew until everything that's occurred in the world that she was trying to be more white. My parents moved me to an area that's very much like Orange County, everything that you just described, Sam, and you don't look at it that way. You don't say like, oh, let me try. You don't think like that. You don't like say in your head, like, let me try to be more white. You just are trying to assimilate to your environment. And then it dawns on you when someone calls you whitewashed, which I've been called many times and, you know, certain, certain circumstances especially like what's gone on recently, you can't hide that. It it smacks you in the face. And it seems like that's what happened to her, that she had this great epiphany. And I also, you know, Tasha is of two races. She's half uh, Latina and she's half black. So I'm sure this was a very, very difficult time for her because she is part of two different communities. Yeah, it was interesting, like, how she couldn't really verbalize it, but was just, like, getting the emotion out, which is can be just as important as, like, being able to verbalize it, you know, just having that, like, rush of emotion. Um, and I thought it was really interesting that what Ivan said brought it out in her. Yeah, yeah I, I'm so glad he was able to open that door, and she was super comfortable because he, I think that's the only person, not the only person, but at that time, the one person that could do that because he is also, he's not just, you know, biracial as in black and Caucasian. He's also black and Filipino, which means that, again, two different communities, two different cultures, um, that everything that's gone on with the movement has been a very difficult time for the BIPOC Black community of every and also, but also for every minority. Um, I honestly, I get, I wish I could cultivate appropriate, like all the word appropriate words to explain 
what goes on through your head during um, this type of movement of, of such magnitude, but I can't <laughs> like, I, and, and I, and I understood why she couldn't. And then she was just flooded with emotions. I mean, I'm glad. And I, I hope that she will get an opportunity to be able to cultivate and express herself because there's so many women that are looking up to her right now. Yeah. And Rachel Lindsay, I'll talk like a uh, news and gossip about the things she had to say about it, but in a way on bachelor happy hour, she kind of like slammed Tasha for not really being able to express herself about this. Um, but yeah, I don't blame Tasha for that. No. And it's just, it's so important to remember like the places you grow up in, you know, Tasha is, and she's an influencer. Like she's part of this whole like world where you're supposed to look a certain way and, oh yeah, let's bring diversity into it, but let's water it down kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? And I just, I think this is one of the most real moments in Bachelor Nation. I hope it is never forgotten. It is so freaking extremely important. And even though, you know, yeah, they're both mixed race. Yeah, they're both of their dads are black. Like, he, they come from different worlds, completely different worlds. Orange County, and I don't remember where Ivan is from, actually. But um, but he did go to a university where they would call him the N-word just randomly. On he, he went to Texas, so he yes. went to Texas, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's um, awful. It's so terrible. And so, and I, you know, I don't want to speak for Tasha or make too many assumptions, but I just will say that my thought about her is that she was raised slash like has always lived in a way where she almost feels like she has to tiptoe around her own identity and has never really completely encompassed herself in it to tell herself you're awesome this is beautiful this is awesome and when she said when I heard the people in Orange County you know yelling black lives matter black lives matter and she said and this is what I've been trying to prove to them for years like I cried because while and that was one of my biggest issues in LA was that I'm like you guys are freaking phonies honestly because you're, you're saying this, you're doing this now, but do you really believe it? Is this just a trend? How many times has this been tried to be like, you know, ingrained in your heads? But mm-hmm. now since everyone is doing it, they were doing it. And so I do think that like she had an interesting take on it a little bit because how frustrating would it be if, you know, you're saying to someone, oh, this matters, this matters, and they ignore you. And then all of a sudden you hear it out your window and you're like, how am I supposed to feel about this now? because I've been trying to say this for such a long time. Yeah, it's, that's the thing. That's why not everyone is a wordsmith and I'm certainly not one. I, it it was a very, very jarring yet liberating time because on one end you're like, wow, I'm so happy these, you know, this person, this person finally gets it. But then you're also seeing people that you're like, kind of like, are you a hypocrite? Because you used to treat, like, I personally was seeing people that used to treat me like shit parading and being social justice warriors. And I'm like, how authentic are you being? I don't want anyone to take it and think I'm like making it about myself in any way, shape or form. I've just been through certain situations where I grew up. So watching the whole, you know, thing was just, all I can say was both liberating yet jarring and I I just hope that everyone was like evolving from the right place not like what you were saying Sam. I also was a part of a lot of Instagram lives where biracial women were speaking up because during that time 
a lot of people were shunning women that were biracial as if, and it became like everyone was putting each other on the barometer of who was privileged or more privileged or not. And like everyone hurts, no matter where on the spectrum of diversity you fall on, like we all hurt. And of course that, you know, Black Lives Matter was a movement to especially support BIPOC. I saw a lot of pain from women that were in a very complex situation, as you always are when you are biracial, um, going going through that time in that movement. So I, I really, really, sorry for the rant, but I feel, no, I, I really you. feel for her. I'm just, I really am glad that Taisha, um, that Ivan brought this out in her and she kind of, and, you know, helped her move on in this process. I think it's something she really needs. And I agree with you. It's kind of like a soulmate but not a sexual, I don't know if it's a sex, you know, like a, like a lover soulmate, but I think that Ivan was meant to be a part of her life. Ivan was a hundred percent meant to come into her life. Um, Absolutely. And he's like one of the final. Yes. Right. He's, we, I think we still are unclear if he's final three or four because this whole Brendan thing happens. um, And we're not sure exactly how it plays out. Like his heart will be broken. But you know what? He's getting so much love. I like. I'll be good. <laughs> he's fine. I like sent him a DM list. I'm like, I just, I love you. Thank you. You're the best. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, we'll see him on the beach in Mexico. Oh yes, we will. So yeah, they. We're not done. Bachelor Nation's not done with Ivan. Absolutely not. Um, and then, yeah, she obviously gives him a rose. They look at all these older photos of her. It just seems like the best night. It just seems like a freaking awesome night. Another group date, what joy. And this is a truth or dare group date where we see yet again that the producers are having a little bit of a hard time coming up with creative ideas, but it ended up being kind of fun. So Becca Kufrin and Sydney Latwako come in to help Tasha. um, judge watch this truth or dare competition and um, they both look amazing it was really nice seeing them on the screen um so the guys on the state uh, are split up into groups and we have bennett and demar penny and blake and zach and riley and this is kind of like a fear factor type competition so there's a lot of stuff they have to do running around the hotel grounds from a really gross smoothie challenge. I was like, I can't deal with gross food. I don't know about you guys, but I was like not loving watching this part. I don't know why they couldn't have actually, because um, it could have been anything in the smoothies. They could have just written it down. Like, it seems like it's- I bet they did. Yeah, I would have just told myself, I'm like, this is fake. It's not in here. But like, why couldn't they just have had the- this whatever was in there for them to actually eat it like why do we need a little smoothie because it was funny because uh sydney goes oh those look good and she goes i think tasha goes it's not the good kind of smoothie (laughs) (laughs) yeah they did look good and then you saw the uh, cards that said what was in them oh but all the guys took it like champs honestly i was kind of surprised um then another dare that they have to do is find chris harrison and get him to sign a body part And we see Chris just sitting back, drinking champagne, eating crab legs, literally living the life when I, if I come back in another life, I want to be Chris Harrison because he is like literally living it up. Um, And Mar hasn't signed his 
butt cheek. <laughs> then they guys have to do their best orgasm impression through a hotel phone that is broadcast throughout the grounds. I don't know about you guys, but I was like not turned on by no. any of these okay, so orgasms. I have a confession to make. So I do something weird. Um, when I was younger, I really liked to make prank phone calls, you know, like star 67. Oh my God. Okay. And so even into my adult life, like, so my, one of my last nights in LA, my girlfriends came over a couple of them. And before I came back here and I told them about what I used to do back in the day. So my prank calls, basically I would call someone that, you know, I knew somebody knew and I would be like, hi, is this Brian? And I, (laughs) and I would just do orgasm noises and tell them and I'd be like, and then they'd be like, wait, who is this? I'm like the sound of your voice. And like, (laughs) what was the response? Oh my God. So, I mean, there's been a lot of different ones this last time. This last time, actually, my friend, it was someone she knew, and he was laughing so hard. A lot of them hang up. And then, and then when I knew I needed to stop was I called, like, an old friend of mine. I don't, didn't even know what he was doing anymore with his life. Um, and I called him, and he's, like, laughing. And he goes, sorry, I'm working the COVID units right now, but have a good night. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Well, maybe you gave him a little bright spot laugh in his day. <laughs> yes. Doing your service for the healthcare workers. And I do, do you guys think that like, obviously they knew about these photos of Kenny? Like they're just really like milking this Kenny nude sex person. No, I mean, maybe, but we know from past awful contestants who have slipped by that they don't do a great job of screening these people. I think they knew. I think they've seen the photos and they were like, let's make him take his clothes off as much as possible. Um, and make him make weird sex sounds. And Blake was just the worst every so I like I loved him in the beginning when Claire was around in every episode he just goes further has he ever had sex before has he ever had sex before I don't think so and this was a group of like some of the least attractive sex sounds that I've ever heard (laughs) and we go on to the last portion of this dare challenge and the guys have to eat a habanero pepper and like propose their love to Tasha, which was like kind of cute um, some standouts of this, Zach did a good job, so did Riley. Zach got down on one knee, which could be foreshadowing to for what is to come. Um, I still don't like that. That's him, the anyways. second time in an episode. Yeah. Zach has gotten down on one knee. Like, what? Yeah. And why has Brendan not been on any of these freaking group dates? Like, are they cutting him out? What is happening? I know, it was weird. We didn't see him. At all in this episode. The connection was too real. But you know how that goes. There'll be like one episode where some guys front and center and then we don't see him. Last week, we didn't see him either. I think they're cutting his stuff out, you guys. They're cutting his stuff out, which is weird. It's so freaking weird because we kind of know what happens. But then also, Melissa, I think you sent this to us. He reposted someone that posted a picture of them under the fireworks about like how in love they were. So maybe he's trying to win her back. Well, we know these guys love promoting the episodes and their relationship with the lead. So I don't know if I look too much into that, but all right, we like looking into things. So. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. This is certainly, you know, we've 
a lot of exciting things ahead. Um, but so we get to the night portion of the date, which is the truth portion. And we learned a lot about these guys. I thought that this was a very enlightening part of the group date. So Bennett and Tasha had some time together and we learned that Bennett's been engaged before, um, which was interesting. And he seemed kind of still traumatized about it. <laughs> he does, um, but he has no remorse. He still has no remorse. Like he almost cried, but he's like, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Did he say how long ago it was? Because it seemed like raw still. But he did say the last time he felt this way about a woman at some point in the episode, he said he was 18 years old. With Blake and Tasha, you know, she, I, I love these questions that she's asking the guys. She asks him, what would his exes say about him? And he says that he has a great relationship with all of his exes. And this was like such a non-answer answer. I mean, maybe he does, but it's like, I don't know. It was like, you can't like dig a little deeper or say anything, anything else that like, okay, whatever, Blake. Um, Do you think Penny, he's lying? Not, I don't necessarily think he was lying, but like, you know, in a job interview, when someone says like, tell me something that, um, like, tell me like your worst habit or something yeah. that you need to work on. And you say, oh, well, I'm just, I just take too long. Um, because I'm so detail oriented. Yeah, or like, or like, such a perfectionist. Yes. I'm an overworker. Yeah. Um, I care too much about yeah. my work and it just really affects my personal life. And with Kenny, I just think he's like a goofball. You know my feelings about him. I think he's like silly and his conversation with Tasha was silly. Um he said he would be normal around her parents. Okay, great, good to know. I think that's um, really you- like where he dug himself though. Because um I'll get in a little news and gossip with his interview with um Rachel and Becca. But he was just like, yeah, that that convo, some of the other, it was. I knew it was not a. Was yeah, not it didn't do it. Didn't do anything for him. And then Demar, oh, he says his biggest fear is getting divorced, which may be true, but like, he has been divorced. I don't know if he knows that. It was just. I just felt kind of awkward watching it, knowing what we know. I'm a, a child of divorce, and like, I get it. And um, also, I think it's one of the reasons I've been single, like, for most of my life is because, like, I am so, so afraid of that. And I just loved and how he expressed that, like, he would never want his children to go through what he went through, which I completely understand. Um, And I just love him. He's sensitive. He's sweet. He has a good head on his shoulders. And I just, like, you know, I'm not going to ask him to sing to me at night. But besides that, like, we're good. I'll have him sing to me. I like him, yeah. He seems like a he seems like a nice guy and we're not getting a lot of we're not, no. get, we're not getting a ton of time. Not getting enough of um, him, yeah, for sure. And then the last person is Zach. Um, they get some hot tub time. Um, what did you guys think about this and their their conversation? I just don't get it, as you know. I have had those like times with men where it's we're kind of on different pages, but kind of on the same page. And there's some weird sexual attention that we can't really describe. And it's like, I feel like I'm going to fight you, but I also feel like I want to make out with you. Um, and I just don't like, I don't know what they're, cause we don't see enough of him really to know what their like um, misconception of each other is because I thought they were really great from last week. I thought Tisha, you know, was happy with him. And she's like, oh, you're shy. And, you know, he's like, I don't want you to misconstrue. I just think he has a really different, like, way of communicating and a different kind of love language than she does. But I think there's 100% something, like, like she really likes him. Yeah, if we can't understand it and it's not translating through the camera, that means that there's just an unexplainable energy between them. Totally. So it has to be real. 
if we don't get it, then it's real. Because that's the thing, like the things that look good on paper are never the things that really work. I have this theory about Tasha. A lot of other podcasts have said this. Really? She's super nice to a lot of guys, but she gets kind of like, I don't want to say bitchy, but a little, um, a little bit of a tood to the guys she likes a lot. She gives them the cold shoulder. So we'll get into- She plays ben. hard to get kind of thing. Hard to get. Yeah. We'll get into Ben in a little bit. Ben is one of those. And I think Zach is- Praying Mantis. Yeah. Zach is the same way. She's like so questioning him and he's like nervous and she's, and she goes, oh, you get nervous around me? That's cute. Yeah. That's cute. That's a girl of my heart. That's my energy. That's my flirting style. If you could- also, yeah, her hair flips this episode. My God, yes, <laughs> golden. I'm different. When she's like, "Yep, um, I know I'm cool. I know I'm different. <laughs> I'm special. I love it." <laughs> so then we get into Ben and Tasha. This was hysterical because I really could not tell where it was going to go. Normally, when a guy, you know jumps over the fence, does something to get their attention. It goes well. But with Ben, you just really never know. So he's, <laughs> he musters up some courage. He's on his way to the El Presidente suite to see Tasha. <laughs> Ironically, Ed gets the same light bulb idea. I think the producers were like, yeah, this way, because it was definitely going to be better to see Ben yeah, and it just over to makes me laugh because remember I told you guys I went to La Quinta for my birthday last year with my mom. Yeah. We got we got there when it was dark out and because you have to go to check in a different, but there's all different buildings. And so we couldn't find our casita in the dark. Casita. And <laughs> it, it's so dark and it's so easy to get lost there. Like I had to like go and Yeah, it's ask, really like, dark. I was saying, oh. I'm like, this is the darkest resort I've ever seen. Yeah. And my mom's <laughs> like, oh, I get how Ed got lost. I'm like, mom, he has cameras with him, camera people, like, you know, sound people. Come on. But I think they just walk with him and they're like, dude, we don't know where you're going either. Just take us on a ride, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They probably were like, you just have to figure it out. Yeah. And then they, he saw like the biggest casita and he's like, that's Tasha's. But and they're like, no, it's actually the actual El Presidente, Chris Harrison. <laughs> the real Presidente. Yeah, so he sneaks over to, Ben sneaks over to Tasha and he wants to apologize to her. I, I, I was a little upset that we didn't, I know it was edited out. I hope it was edited out. But just like the words, I thought I was doing something special by holding out for the last second. Like it wasn't, it was like, what's the apology? Like he meant, he had good intentions. He just wanted to be the last, like save the best for last sort of deal. I agree. I wanted him to explain. He's like, I'm an idiot. And I had this secret <laughs> plan for you. And it was so romantic. And I wanted to do this, this, and this. And I just messed it all up because. Yeah, I mean, it just backfired. But he should have, I wish that he would have said it because it was cute. And again, it was such a Charlie Brown moment, like, dum, dum. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, thank you so much for apologizing. Yes, you are an idiot. Let's confirm that. Okay, I forgive you. <laughs> so he, he uh, says he's going to step up. It was really, it was really awkward because we're like, oh, okay. It was just like a pendulum just swinging. We're like, oh, okay. And then it all works out. And what's with the show up thing? I, I thought it ended with Claire. Can we, can we, 
just stop. I'm so glad you brought that up. Right. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, please stop that word. Well, and like, who told, was it the producers that were telling her this? Is it the energy she, the, the ghost of Claire she's picking up on that's like, he needs to show up. I thought it, there up. are like these words that the producers use a lot when they talk to the guys to like guide how they want like things to go and show it must be like one of their phrases yeah that they like say to pump them up or something it probably is but also in spirituality they believe in like echoes where the echo of someone's energy could be in a room so that's why people <laughs> believe in like you know clearing the energy whether it be with Palo Santo or anything yeah, I mean, I really, like, I doubt they did, but if, yeah. let's, say, let's say things were reversed and Claire was the second bachelorette, she would have saged and Palo santo the shit out of El Presidente suite. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think, like, the echo of Claire was in the El Presidente suite. <laughs> <laughs> they say that, that's why you should clear the energy. Like, let's say you move, you know, you're a newly married couple in the honeymoon stage and you move into a house that two people just divorced and were fighting and constantly at each other's throats like and then you start fighting in that house is because of the quote-unquote echoes yeah like the so, residual the residual energy yeah yucky energy so maybe that the show up echoes were were haunting Tasha for sure <laughs> but yeah I I we're going to drink to that word ever again because just going to give me a hangover every Wednesday. So they start kissing and there is a knock on the door. We all thought it was Ed. And I think Tasha was literally, she goes, Ben, what did you do? Like, did you give every, like, I'm going to have to change my address. I'm going to have to switch my suite. She really was like, what did you do? Like you fuck up Ben, Charlie Ben. Charlie Brown Ben. But it was champagne and strawberries. And like, has Tisha had enough fruit and alcohol? <laughs> She's like, please. They were like, wow, this is such a good idea. I'm like, after a night of eating that ice cream, I don't think that I would want champagne and strawberries. But sure, it's, you know, the thought that counts. And he said that she, um, Ben says that Tisha's the best woman he has ever met in his life. Yeah, this made me a little bit like. Why? You felt like that was him just trying to say the right things? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, I love the show. I know what we're getting. Like, I am going to sound so stupid saying this because, like, I know what I'm getting when I watch the show. But, like, these declarations of love, when they've known each other for three days and have probably spent a total of, like, an hour together, just, like, always makes me be like, ugh. Well, every season I mention like Stockholm syndrome, but this Mm -hmm. season specifically is like serious Stockholm syndrome. I think that must be like, I mean, Tasha's amazing. She may be the best woman you've ever met, but like (laughs) you've known her for probably a total of an hour. And she's their new captor and they like (laughs) her much more than they did Claire. So they're so grateful for their new kidnapper because they just, I mean, it's real. Like, think about but it. But she is, honestly, like, that's one oh, statement yeah. you can believe because Tasha is amazing, right? But he doesn't, like, know her. He doesn't know anything yeah, how can you her. say she's the best woman that you've ever met in your life after? I'm sure this guy has dated girls for, like, a few years. I don't know. And then, um, like, Zach and, I don't know, they're just, like, all of these declarations, like, I want to marry you, all this stuff. I'm just like. That wasn't that 
much of a declaration. I think he was really good at explaining what sparks his interest for Tasha because he was like, everyone's watching the way you treat other men. And that's really something that men do. They're very, like, girls don't realize that, that men are always, like, I've always been like that one girl in a guy group of 10, like, the only girl invited on like guys night and all that stuff. And I like, always would hear guys and like talk in their most intimate moments and like, as if there's not a female in the room and they would always like bring up little things. Like, did you see the way she talked to that guy? Did she see the way that she spoke to the cat person? Did she see the way she ordered really? that the other night? Yeah. Guys are really, really about like how girls treat people that are not them. They observe that so much and they don't get enough credit for doing that. That's really interesting. Because you know how girls are always like talking about like, oh, I was on a date and I noticed this and I noticed that and we're so open about it, but guys aren't. So I really appreciated Zach saying that because they've said a couple times throughout the show that she brings out the best in all of them. And I really think she does. I do too. But I also just think it's such a breath of fresh Claire. Just kidding. Claire. <laughs> I just, I just can't believe Claire was the Bachelor. I, I really think that was a really super big fuck up because I don't think her and Dale will work. But anyways, we'll talk about that later. Moving on. <laughs> then we have Ed. It was such a fun moment. Ed going to Chris Harrison's room, selling his soul to get a rose, having some wine with him. Then it kind of like zips back. I don't know if anyone watched the credits, but it zips back to him telling Chris Harrison and he should start knocking. <sighs> We realize Ed is actually a lot funnier than we've given him credit for. And he did put on social media, like Chris put on social media too. He goes, actually me and Ed had a really good conversation. And Ed was like, said, posted something as though they cut it all out. Like they made, they're making Ed look like an idiot. And I think he's pretty pissed about it, which I mean, I would be too. Yeah, they did. I didn't like how bad they made him look for what was it last episode with the grown-ass man stuff yeah and then this one he's just like the big baby joke yeah but it's such good tv oh gosh he's so gonna make it to vip i hope so that was hysterical um i would have rather i would have given anything to be in ed's shoes though to be with chris one with chris harrison yeah like he won (laughs) yeah he didn't make any mistake whatsoever yeah. So then we go to the cocktail party, and Ben takes Tasha away first because he's a straight-A student. <laughs> and um, Riley has a cute moment with her. Thank goodness we get some Riley back on the TV this episode. Uh, she has time with Brendan. I didn't even see that. Um, but they kiss. I'm glad that she has, like, you know, a refresher course on her connection with Brendan because I really do feel like they have something there. And now we go into Tasha and Noah. Dun, dun, dun. He may not have a stash, but there's a lot of hair on his balls because he tattles on the guys. And I think that's such like a one of 11 children thing to do, to tattle, to get mommy's attention. <laughs> he had no problem, you know, if he can throw his other 10 siblings under the bus, he does no problem throwing 16 men that he just met <laughs> under the bus in this completely fabricated story because I mean if any of the men had said that that would have been recorded right well we all know how they cut things out and he also didn't give any names like I don't and I don't know why she didn't ask for any names like who said it who do who 
yeah, who said it. But it was a completely viable uh, analyzation because that's something we as viewers would say. I thought that was interesting that they kind of broke a fourth wall a little bit, being like, oh, you did this for the show. I just like, I just don't love the like drama like this. Um, I, I mean, there's all, it's never a good thing when someone talks about the other people to the lead. We know the history of what happens with this. But mm. I thought it was interesting that Taisha really like listened to him and took it to heart. I think that that is a sign that she like, likes him, like has feelings for him. Um, Cause then, you know, she went in to yell at the other guys about it. And I, I just, I just thought that reaction was interesting because it really struck a chord with her. Yeah, I mean, she didn't even think to ask any of her other guys that she knows and semi-trusts. Like, why wouldn't she have done that? I just felt like it was very orchestrated for her to yell yeah. at them. She got really upset and she didn't even like, I thought this was going to cause conversations to the other men, but it completely backfired. And she walks in and tells everyone, sorry guys, um, my integrity is not going to be questioned. Uh, so here's the door if you have an issue and says that there's not going to be a cocktail party, which is so triggering. Like Noah just got there. He has no idea what that feels like. He caused it. Noah's a little bitch. And the fact that <laughs> he is, he's, and that's probably what his siblings call him too. They probably call him little bitch Noah. I'm surprised Blake didn't just like get up and start banging his head against the wall when she said <laughs> the cocktail party was canceled. So yeah, so they, so they all argue. Um, and I think that it was really funny that they were like, somebody had to have said something. They all look at Noah until Noah admits that it was him. Yeah, it's like, who farted? Who farted, guys? <laughs> Which one of them? Who who did it? And he's like, it 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 was me. <laughs> we finally get to hear Easy speak again. I was happy about that. He's not getting enough attention with the cameras, but he was like the second person Tasha gave the rose to, or the third. Well, yeah, so that was interesting. It was interesting with Easy because I think there's been a lot of stuff that wasn't shown on camera about his beef with Noah because I can't really remember them having an issue. However, it has been dribbled throughout the episode that, and Ed said at the beginning of the episode, sometime he's like talking to Easy. They're laying on a daybed of some sort together. Um, and he was like, hey, FYI, man, like we got to, he's about to do something. And it's like Easy has been up Noah's ass. And, but they didn't really show it. Yeah, Easy and Ed both said, like, we were hanging out with you all day, and you didn't say a single thing to us. So I'm glad he called him out on that. Yeah, so the big mic drop goes to Bennett. Like, what are we going to do in another season of Bachelorette without Bennett? He's, like, the narrator slash mediator of all circumstances. He's hysterical. He's like, I feel like I'm <laughs> fighting with a 14-year-old, and there's no chance. I have a question for you guys. Do you think that if you would like Bennett in real life? Yes. I know a ton of guys like Bennett. Um, to pull a Bennett, I went to Columbia um, <laughs> <laughs> for, for grad school, and I know a lot of people like him. I think that he, yeah, I think that, like, you'd like him, but he's the kind of guy you have to, like, put in their own place. You know, you have to, like, get your jabs in when you can and bring them back down to earth. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'd like him, but I would argue with him. And I'd be like, Bennett, shut your mouth. Stop jibber-jabbering. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you have to do with guys like that. I was moved into a town with a lot of Bennett's, a lot of like Southern charm type people, but none as, I think there's something way more genuine about Bennett. Yeah, so Bennett um, says he's not here to breastfeed Noah. <laughs> like, why awesome. can't I edit pictures well enough? Because I wanted to make those memes of him <laughs> breastfeeding Noah, but I'm glad everyone else did. Um, so now the rose ceremony, Ben gets the first rose. She gives Ed the last one. He's saved. He's like, Chris wow, Harrison. Chris, Chris Harrison yeah. really pulls makes moves. <laughs> He's like, you got to save my buddy, Ed. He's probably like, oh, God, man, like scrubbing Chris Harrison's back in the shower, like really paid off. <laughs> and like, I don't know what Ed does for a living. I can't remember. But it's like, you know, maybe him and Chris talked about some brand deal in the future. And he's like, you know, I told Ed he'd have two more weeks. So. <laughs> but Joe, Dr. Joe go and leave Ed though. Like, oh. Oh, I, I think this was something the producers, you know, cause I, you've heard, I've heard a lot of leads say that at some point, like you have your top, like four or five, six and everyone else, you, you just like, you know, you don't, it doesn't really matter who goes cause they're just going to go eventually. So I think that this was that kind of a thing. Like she wasn't going to pick either of them, but the producer said like, keep Ed cause he's ridiculous. I'm glad Chasen went home. It was so upsetting to me is that we wasted like two hours of our time last week on Chasen and yeah. his bullshit without him like trying to get a redemption story without him making a fool of himself again like he's just gone like why didn't you just let him go last week then that's the only reason why I was surprised that Chasen was gone she also Atisha also sent home Jordan which I want to give a moment out to Jordan and his abs Jordan wherever you are I just think that it's completely unfair that all you have gotten are tastes of your disappointed face. <laughs> because you were part of a shit show. <laughs> and you were a bystander. <laughs> he was just like the introvert that was like, damn it. Like every single we do you guys know his voice? Like I think it's his, uh, yeah, I do. It's low. It's a low voice. In the it's, beginning of the season with Claire, they showed ITMs with him, and then that was it. Since Tasha got there, he has not had one that I can remember, at least. So I just feel so bad, and I'm I'm glad that he was just re relinquished and he was released because he deserves his freedom at this point. But if Kenny and Joe couldn't stay, who could have gone? Like, if like to make Kenny and Joe stay, like who should have left? Ed. Uh, yeah, Ed for sure. <laughs> Ed and then like Spencer or Noah. But oh yeah, Spencer. Noah. Spencer should have gone. He got our first impression, Rose, though, so he's here for you know another week or two. Yeah, I agree. Mm, true. Well, he hasn't spoken since Riley told him what's up. No, he's terrified to like close his <laughs> eyes at night. <laughs> he's a bologna sandwich. <laughs> he's like he's I. Inspired. He's like, I really like my meat and um, I like my body and I don't want to be made into a bologna sandwich. Thank you very much. So <laughs> I love Riley. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So then we get to see the preview for next week, which is a two on one with Bennett and Noah, which is going to be amazing. Like Tasha is going to have to facilitate 
breastfeeding Noah with Bennett and it's just gonna be beautiful. Another, another robotic baby has been put on the show. Let's talk about Bachelor Nation news and gossip. We have some interesting stuff for you guys. So there's some more, um, you know, cringy Claire and Dale news. Um, there was this girl that went on TikTok. I think she was in San Diego and she was just like sitting. <laughs> Did you guys see this TikTok? No, I didn't. Mm-mm. Okay. I so, heard of it. so she was like basically like sitting on a bench on the side of the street or something like that. And she sees Dale and Claire walk by her and she just gets really excited and it's like, oh my God, like this is, you guys are from The Bachelorette. And Claire's like, yeah. And she said Dale's name. And then Claire goes, do you know my name? She asked her for a photo. Sorry. The girl asked for a photo first and she just had a brain fart and was like, "Uh, uh, 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 I can't remember. I'm sorry. And Claire's like, nope, no picture for you, Glenn Coco. Bye. And was, I mean, listen, I kind of understand both sides of it, but Claire really needs to be better, I think, with like media and being nice in public because this is the age of catching shit on Instagram and everybody will tell everybody, like, be a nice human. Just be nice. It's not super hard. I'm just so confused. Um, Dale's looking at this like multi million dollar whatever in new york city in manhattan really and yeah it's like apparently a six million dollar i'm so confused about this there's Um, been a lot of stories about it mm -hmm. yeah online and they think oh it could have been a partnership with some because the realtor i guess is on a reality show of some sort so it's like i i'm not sure but he was looking at very expensive apartments in new york um also look they're also looking for a home in sacramento for him and claire suspicious I'm just getting like, as far as vibes are concerned, not super great ones because- No, not at all. Like why Sacramento and New York? Well, Sacramento, because that's where Claire is and her mother is and all that. But like- He was living in New York before, I think. So Claire's gonna live with him in New York and Sacramento? Like they're just gonna be bi-coastal? Apparently. Um, And they just post- They're gonna put $6 million to be (laughs) bi-coastal. It's, it's like, fucking come on. Um, But even their videos together, their TikToks, their Instagram, their reels, it's just like, guys, you're trying to make a paycheck here. And it may be Claire is in on it at this point because she'd have to be a fucking fool to not open up her eyes to realize, and especially the hate she put on Matt James before the season that about the whole cameo thing and like wanting fame, like, you know, I just think that um, Dale is the epitome of wanting fame. We, we shall see. We'll give you an update every week on this. Uh, Kenny was on Bachelor Happy Hour and something interesting is I also listened to Bachelor Party with Juliet Lipman. Um, which I know you like a lot, Caitlin, too. And Rachel was on that as a guest as well. So first of all, to start with Bachelor Happy Hour, they talked to Kenny. It wasn't super juicy. I could tell they were holding back. He basically said that he thought his like conversations with, um, I almost called her Claire, uh, with Tasha, especially the one about meeting the family, he's just like, I knew I put my foot in it. Like, just completely put my foot in it. But apparently he also did something with Becca Kufrin, who was the guest on the show this week. 
that he told he said some like explicitives fuck you like when he was doing his challenge the um you know run around the scavenger hunt yeah the scavenger hunt truth or dare whatever it was um he yelled something and becca like oh fuck this fuck and like and and becca goes oh my god am i why you got sent home and he was like well it's not all that way but i think he like said something super weird to becca um and then he also said that his conversation with Tasha, it just like he knew that he was probably going home likely if it wasn't this week it would be next week but on bachelor happy hour rachel said that she was not allowed um to talk about the nude photos on the bachelor happy hour um wow but juliet brought it up and she goes i'm so glad you brought this up uh and she brought up with the cock cock a doodle do uh it was like a whole thing and like because Rachel says they're not censored. They can talk about whatever they want. However, on Bachelor Happy Hour, she very clearly stated that they were not allowed to talk about that. Um, yeah, Nick Vile, like, I've, I've listened to episodes where he's like, are we allowed to say this? Okay, edit it out if we're not. Yeah, totally. So, you know what, Kenny? And Kenny is milking it. He is milking it. He just posted on his Instagram today about how He's like, I think I'm assuming he was being facetious about how he's like wounded and sad at the moment, um, but he'll get over it. I'm like, come on, dude. Let's, and he's like, I didn't make it with Claire, didn't make it with Tasha. So some Matt James news. Filming has officially ended um, for Matt James's season. And actually, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio right now, the suburbs. And his last Instagram story was in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, apparent, he was at a friend's apartment. Apparently he has a friend that's a football player in Cleveland, I guess is the thing. Um, but you know, I have been doing some digging on Matt James's girls and there is a girl that posted. So she got really big on TikTok in the past few months, this girl. Really? Send her to me. (laughs) I will update you guys, um, next week and be fully prepared. But anyways, there's a girl that is a social media girl um, and she has a TikTok Instagram. It's very sex positive. She says fuck a lot. And it's just like really fucking funny and adorable. And she posted a TikTok of her on an airplane with sad music behind it being like, whatever comes next. So I'm, I, I'm thinking this chick's final too. And she has her heart broken. Um, but it's interesting because usually they don't like people on the show that are like, I just had my period and I fucked a guy. Like, that's not usually the typical, you know, bachelor at bachelor, you know, contestant. Doesn't play into the Disneyland. No. Yeah. But she looks like she could be a Disney princess, but she's really funny. Funny, funny, funny. So I'm having a feeling she's final too. Reality Steve hasn't even said. Nobody knows. Um, but apparently the all of the contestants weren't allowed to post on anything until um a few days ago it was like a november 23rd lift or something yeah it was like a bachelor nationwide you know you can now post why would they do that in november when the show airs in january well because usually that's how reality steve gets his stuff is because he sees who comes onto social media first when they can um because that's how he can tell like who got eliminated yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's like now that we're done filming. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everyone's home. Now you can post. Yeah. And follow people. And 
you know what? Like, it's so interesting because there's never this small of a gap between the seasons. Even though January 4th seems like years away, it's not. It's like six weeks away, which is so crazy. And that's when that season um, premieres. Also, shout out to Caitlin Bristow, Dancing with the Stars. She won second Bachelorette in a row. I thought it was well-deserved. I loved it. I cried a little bit. Um, Nev also, who was the runner-up, definitely like had a good... Do you guys watch Dancing with the Stars? Yes, I do. And I feel like I wish Hannah Brown didn't win. Me too. So, so Caitlin Bristow didn't get smudged with this win because I heard the other contestants were salty about another Bachelorette winning. Um, you know, ABC, like, okay, of course, ABC is going to support ABC. And I, she doesn't deserve that, you know, like. Yeah, I agree. Um, she had, she wins for dedication for sure, even though I do feel like she had a little bit of work to do on her posture, even up to the end, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. So what is some Chris Harrison talk about BIP? So Chris Harrison did an interview with Us Weekly and mentioned that Bachelor in Paradise is going to be on for this summer. And I am so excited about that. I hope that that actually happens. Um, who are some people that you guys would be hoping to see on the beach this summer? Kenny? I don't see, I, I haven't seen anyone on the show that like I feel would be a match for him unless we could be pleasantly surprised. But he is really cute, so. Kenny, like, we love you. So just, I hope you're on Bachelor in Paradise. Melissa, Melissa does not love you, but we do. I think Kenny is all for the promo. He is, like, really leaning into this right now. So good. Yeah, he's first on the beach. He has his plane ticket already. Yes. All right. I want Natasha on Bachelor in Paradise because she was not, like, she was totally robbed by being on Peter's season. Like, she could have thrived on any other season. Who could yeah, Natasha be, like, a good fit with, at least talking about this season? Riley. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of people I, sh I feel like she would be a super good fit with on this Someone season. Someone mature. Riley, yeah. Bennett. These guys are, like, super mature. Yeah. Ivan? Ivan seems a little too on the nose. That's what I was going to say Actually, I could see her with Bennett. I could see Natasha with Bennett mm -hmm. because she was extremely smart. Me too. Well, we'll just have to wait and see you guys. Um, let's see. Lastly, oh, Miss <laughs> Hannah Ann, who was a OG host of Clickbait, uh, really suffering. I mean, it is, to be honest, I listened to the first episode. It was so bad. And I just think that they couldn't have gotten three more different people to host a show, which I guess maybe they thought would be a good thing. Like, we're all different. Like, yeah, we're super different from each other. I like, think that's important. But these three are three types of different that don't make sense and that can't play off each other. Yeah. It was I have to like, definitely, I have to listen to the old episodes. So, yes, Miss Hannah Ann, I don't know why I call her Miss because I feel like she's like, <laughs> she's pageant. I'm like, Miss Hannah Ann of Venice Beach, of Los Angeles, of wherever she's from at this point, Miss Hannah Ann has uh, decided to step down from clickbait. And she basically told the world that it was, they were just, she was just helping it get started. Um, bullshit. And she just wants to be in the kitchen and host. She wants to be like the Martha Stewart of Bachelor Nation. I was going to say that. <laughs> she, she cuck a lot? 
Yes, she does. And she makes these floral yes, arrangements. Yeah, the floral arrangements actually are pretty cool. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and she does some healthy recipes, some not healthy recipes. You know what, Hannah Ann? I will like you more if you lean into this. So let's lean into this and I support you. But I also just think it's kind of funny that you were on the show um, clickbait in the first place. And she's smart in the influencer market and that's table settings and floral arrangements. How many skinny teas can we sell? How many gummy bear hair thingies can we sell? Vital proteins, you know? Yeah. She, she found an opening and like next thing you know, she'll be with Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg and and I will just say, like, as much as I don't really care for Aunt Hannah Ann too much. <laughs> you can't even say her name. Hannah Ann. What did I say? I was like, Say it three know. times real fast. Hannah Ann. Hannah Ann. Shit. <laughs> You're going to say ham. She's a ham. Hannah Ann. Hannah Ann. Hannah Ann. Okay. So <laughs> as much as I, she's not my fave. I like you guys, if you go to a freaking CVS, a Target, look in a, a catalog, you will see Hannah Ann's face. Same with Dale Moss. <laughs> she is hardworking, and I applaud her for that. I agree. Okay, so <laughs> she's so so. It's also interesting that Tasha has her own podcast with Grocery Store Joe, which is like the freaking. I love him, but it's also the most random combination. So how she's the Bachelorette? Like, how are they supposed to keep this going? I'm not sure. They're interviewing different like famous people, influencers. We shall see. So, I'm going to focus what's your sign on Ivan and Tasha, and just, you know, describe like the Pisces man with the Virgo woman, because I think we got a really clear look at what that looks like. I thought that their conversation was a perfect depiction of that. Um, you know, <laughs> Pisces and Virgo are opposite signs and they're like natural partners for each other in most cases. Um, but they can also probably be prone to conflict, which we obviously haven't seen. I don't know if we'll ever see that because they seem to really like, like I said, they're soulmates and they're, there's definitely like a very kismet energy between the two of them. In the case of a Pisces man, Virgo woman couple, um, the masculine energy like makes these nebulous boundaries because um, Pisces can like really carry um, like energy that's not what like society tries to condition us of what like a man or mass or what masculine is like Pisces men are great because they break this you know norm that was built by society that like honestly like kind of what Sam was saying like you know the fact that he can be emotional is just completely admirable um in this pair like they're going to be strong when the other person's weak and I felt like Tasha was super guarded and she's always been conditioned to be guarded but Ivan on the other hand was not so yeah, so I think that he's like a very good depiction of a Pisces man, sensitive, kind. Um, I don't know where, like, if he's artistic, I need to know more about him. Interestingly enough, he's an aeronautical engineer. Like, holy crap. 
sometimes like a Virgo woman could be very um, into like the material plane, but like Pisces is not. So him like really focusing his time with Tasha being on like the emotional standpoint and wanting to get deeper, like it's very rare for the, it's normally the lead that's prying and trying to go deeper with the person on the dates. And like in this situation, he was completely comfortable doing that. It didn't seem like he had an agenda for going in deeper or anything like this is truly who he wants to be in every conversation. Um, I'm actually a Pisces North node, which means that like my life journey or like, I guess like my end game is to be more of like a Pisces energy in my life. So I thought that was really interesting because like the way he spoke to her and just like had like, yeah, yeah. So tell me, like, let's just go into this really, really deep stuff. I'm like, I totally admire that. I'm like, I'm so for that. But um, I think he's the perfect Pisces. Yeah, he's, like, just absolutely the perfect depiction. Um, You know, he's, like, vulnerable. He's, like, you know, they, Pisces men often fit the stereotype of, like, the absent-minded professor, but they really are, like, truly deep, and there's, like, a calming presence about them that I feel, like, makes every woman feel very safe, and, I mean, like, last episode I was talking about whether you're shadow or authentic all I'm trying to say is like he's totally authentic kudos to everyone who raised him and was part of his life because it really seems like he's in his element and he's like totally like living his true authentic self as a Pisces man I mean yeah let's just I, I could go on and on about it, but, like, I don't know. I don't want to bore Amazing. you guys. <laughs> no, it's good. I know it's good. Like, let's zoom in onto a new guy every week, especially as we get closer and closer to the finale. That is perfect. Let's get into – I'm going to name this new segment. That's what he said. <laughs> If Melissa, would you like to, to sing Bennett? All right, sure. Okay. You don't need no Harvard degree to be in Paris and breathe with me. Before I get down on one knee, I need that one-on-one, just you and me. Say I want no pressure, Tasha. I'm taking home, <laughs> taking me home to Macha. <laughs> you did a better job than Bennett actually. I actually, yeah, I agree. Okay. Not to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I'm gonna do some mocha latte (laughs) from Damar, okay? Mocha latte. (laughs) Mocha latte. She stole my breath on the hottest summer day. Took me back like a kindergarten crush. T.A., she's my caffeinated rush. I was put to brighten up your day. I was... (laughs) Okay. I was put to brighten up your day. Grown man, no JPJ. Mocha latte, mocha latte. She stole my breath on the hottest summer day. Took me back like a kindergarten crush. TA, she's my caffeinated rough. That was such a good song. Like, honestly, yes, it was really, really good. And but you actually did better than he did because he kept holding the A's and was like, he's like, on the hottest summer day, T-A. <laughs> he kept going. 
like, oh, it's like, it's like, I was put to brighten up your day, grown man, no J P J. Like he cracks like on the A's of it. Oh my gosh. So our second, uh, Caitlin, do you want to be Noah? Sure. I'll be Bennett. <laughs> I'm a little bummed that, you know, that I missed out on the one-on-one and now I'm missing out on more time with her. But yeah, I got the rose, which is good, but I was expecting to get on the group date so I'd spend more time with her. It seems a little greedy, Noah. I'm not sure what the purpose of you being on another group date would be. Group dates generally are another award for a rose, which you already received, so. I mean, to me, group date, like the whole purpose is not just for the rose. I think that's a bonus point, but I think that it's more. Maybe you miss what I just said, but that's okay. No sweat. Yeah, I'm not sweating, but thank you for your input. A lot of tension here tonight, boys. And then Bennett in an ITM in the moment. Noah expressed his interest in being on another group date and taking more time from people. I am glad that he shaved that terrible skid mark above his lip, but he is definitely walking a very thin line. Obviously, he's being greedy, and you gotta teach these young kids some manners sometimes. The skid mark, the skid mark of it all. I love the word skid mark. Me too, it's hilarious. segment we are going to say which alcoholic drink specific guys in the episode reminded us of based on their personality and their performance in the episode so we'll start with ben who had a pretty big part in this episode and i'm gonna say that ben was like a vodka soda because he went for it he was like straight shooter there was not a lot of stuff mixed in he like knew what he wanted to do and he did it I'm going to say Ben is a Sprite because he's a chaser. (laughs) That's good. Ivan. Oh my gosh. Ivan was like the most delicious, rich, comforting, interesting glass of red wine that you could have. So of like just a very, very unique, full-bodied, great glass of red wine. I think Ivan's an espresso martini because he woke us up, but relaxed us at the same time. I'm going to say that Ivan is a very expensive glass of champagne this episode. Like Mm -hmm. one that you save for a really long time. And then you finally crack it open and it's beautiful. So Bennett, I think that Bennett was something maybe like, maybe a spiked punch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Bennett was yeah. a little, jungle juice. <laughs> it was jungle yeah. juice. Thing that has a kick to it that you like wouldn't necessarily expect at first. Or he could be breast milk. I mean. <laughs> oh, actually. Oh, maybe <laughs> the breast milk where like the mom has like drank and she has to dump. The dump, pump the and pump. dump. <laughs> Bennett is a pump and dump this episode. Yeah. Trying to dump Noah out. <laughs> That's amazing. Noah is like a cheap can of beer, immature, not, you know, just starting shit, nothing very refined. He 
he's a shot of fireball. You know, he can't really control himself and he's young and just irresponsible. Fireball is a good one. I wrote beer before liquor. I've never been sicker. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like an impulsive decision goes wrong, ruins the night. Night's ended. Yes. So for Blake, I'm giving a like incredibly weak mixed drink too because he just keeps letting me down. See, I'm I'm gonna give Blake jungle juice to be honest with you. That that makes the most sense for me. And it's like you you drink it and you're feel a little bit like, oh, this was not as good as it looked when I put it in my mouth. And it get, makes you like really hungover. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a Miami Vice or something. And Damar, I'm giving him a, like, espresso martini because of his song. He needs some type of milk um, coffee um, drink with I, I gave that to Ivan. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh, the mocha latte, Damar. There has to be another, um, what's another chocolatey? A chocolate martini. Oh, chocolate martini. Good one. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Don't forget to follow us at Throw a Batch Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Spotify, um, iTunes Podcast, lots of other places where podcasts are found. Let us know what you think, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Now watch me throw